Chapters twenty two to twenty four of Tristram Shandy, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bruce Peary. The Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy, Gentleman, Volume two by Lawrence Stern. Chapter twenty two. I won't go about to argue the point with you, tis so, and I am persuaded of it, madam, as much as can be that both man and woman bear pain or sorrow and for aught i know pleasure too best in a horizontal position the moment my father got up into his chamber he threw himself prostrate across his bed in the wildest disorder imaginable but at the same time in the most lamentable attitude of a man borne down with sorrows that ever the eye of pity dropped a tear for the palm of his right hand as he fell upon the bed receiving his forehead and covering the greatest part of both his eyes gently sunk down with his head his elbow giving way backwards till his nose touched the quilt his left arm hung insensible over the side of the bed his knuckles reclining upon the handle of the chamber-pot which peeped out beyond the valance his right leg his left being drawn up towards his body hung over the side of the bed the edge of it pressing upon his shin-bone he felt it not a fixed inflexible sorrow took possession of every line of his face he sighed once heaved his breast often but uttered not a word an old set-stitched chair balanced and fringed about with parti-coloured worsted bobs stood at the bed's head opposite to the side where my father's head reclined my uncle toby sat him down in it before an affliction is digested consolation ever comes too soon and after it is digested it comes too late so that you see madam there is but a mark between these two as fine almost as a hair for a comforter to take aim at my uncle toby was always either on this side or on that of it and would often say he believed in his heart he could as soon hit the longitude for this reason when he sat down in the chair he drew the curtain a little forwards and having a tear at every one's service he pulled out a cambric handkerchief gave a low sigh but held his peace chapter twenty three all is not gain that is got into the purse so that notwithstanding my father had the happiness of reading the oddest books in the universe and had moreover in himself the oddest way of thinking that ever a man in it was blessed with yet it had this drawback upon him after all that it laid him open to some of the oddest and most whimsical distresses of which this particular one which he sunk under at present is as strong an example as can be given no doubt the breaking down of the bridge of a child's nose by the edge of a pair of forceps however scientifically applied would vex any man in the world who was at so much pains in begetting a child as my father was yet it will not account for the extravagance of his affliction nor will it justify the unchristian manner he abandoned and surrendered himself up to to explain this i must leave him upon the bed for half an hour and my uncle toby in his old fringed chair sitting beside him chapter twenty four i think it a very unreasonable demand cried my great-grandfather twisting up the paper and throwing it upon the table 
by this account madam you have but two thousand pounds fortune and not a shilling more and you insist upon having three hundred pounds a year jointure for it because replied my great-grandmother you have little or no nose sir now before i venture to make use of the word nose a second time to avoid all confusion in what will be said upon it in this interesting part of my story it may not be amiss to explain my own meaning and define with all possible exactness and precision what i would willingly be understood to mean by the term being of opinion that tis owing to the negligence and perverseness of writers in despising this precaution and to nothing else that all the polemical writings in divinity are not as clear and demonstrative as those upon a will-o'-the-wisp or any other sound part of philosophy and natural pursuit in order to which what have you to do before you set out unless you intend to go puzzling on to the day of judgment but to give the world a good definition and stand to it of the main word you have most occasion for changing it sir as you would a guinea into small coin which done let the father of confusion puzzle you if he can or put a different idea either into your head or your reader's head if he knows how in books of strict morality and close reasoning such as i am engaged in the neglect is inexcusable and heaven is witness how the world has revenged itself upon me for leaving so many openings to equivocal strictures and for depending so much as i have done all along upon the cleanliness of my readers imaginations here are two senses cried eugenius as we walked along pointing with the forefinger of his right hand to the word crevice in the one hundred and seventy-eighth page of the first volume of this book of books here are two senses quoth he and here are two roads replied i turning short upon him a dirty and a clean one which shall we take the clean by all means replied eugenius eugenius said i stepping before him and laying my hand upon his breast to define is to distrust thus i triumphed over eugenius but i triumphed over him as i always do like a fool tis my comfort however i am not an obstinate one therefore i define a nose as follows entreating only beforehand and beseeching my readers both male and female of what age complexion and condition soever for the love of god and their own souls to guard against the temptations and suggestions of the devil and suffer him by no art or while to put any other ideas into their minds than what i put into my definition for by the word nose throughout all this long chapter of noses and in every other part of my work where the word nose occurs i declare by that word i mean a nose and nothing more or less end of chapters twenty two to twenty four